0: Hey, it's Kylie Unel. My podcast, 49 Days to Stretch My Soul, is airing each weekday between Passover and Shavuot and follows my daily journey to stretch my soul during these spiritual days. We also wanted to give unorthodox listeners a special weekly window into my Omer Counting journey. So here's the past week on 49 Days to Stretch My Soul.
1: Monday.
0: Hey, it's Kylie, and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. We are three weeks into counting the Omer, and like every week, I start off talking to Dasi Zar, sphere expert and co-director of Chabad House Bowery's young professional branch, Kielas Atid. She's also one of my favorite people. Dasi is going to lay the groundwork for the attribute I am going to be focusing on this week, Tiferet, which is traditionally understood as balance or harmony. It's the meeting point between week one's attribute of chesed, which is inner expansiveness and in love, and the week two attribute of gevurah, discipline and restraint. Dasi has been the most enlightening person to guide me through the last two weeks, and I am 100% certain that she will do the same for me this week. So we're going to dive right in and talk to Dasi on Tiferet. Hi, Dasi. Hi, Kylie. (laughs) Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. So this week we're doing T-Ferret, which I think I thought about differently when I first learned about it. I want to say that I thought it was like a kind of harmonious beauty. And as I've learned a little bit more, I'm understanding that it's what it looks like to have love and restraint blended together. I don't know if there's a word for that. I guess balance is the word that is usually given to this week. But what can you tell me about it?
2: So you said it beautifully. It is definitely harmony and balance. And usually it's loosely translated as beauty Mm. because it's being able to take these two very opposite energies and bringing them together in a beautiful and harmonious way. So both modes can express themselves fully and completely, right? We're coming out of chesed, which we said is expansion Mm -hmm. and flow. And then we shift over and love, love, (laughs) right? And then we shift over to the other extreme, which is that gvura, that restraint and discipline with a lot of boundaries and clear parameters. Mm -hmm. And now we're coming into a space of being able to blend these two extreme energies these two voices that are so opposite yeah into this beautiful harmonious rhythm sounds like the
0: act of like a superhero
2: (laughs) like to be able to blend two things that feel so different. Yes and it's that center line. The way that the spherot are established for us is that there's the right side, the right pillar which is chesed energy very expansive. Mm -hmm. Then we have to the far left we have gvura Mm -hmm. and it's the restraint. Those are the extreme right and left and then once we come into the center We have Tiferet, Yesod, and Malchot. And these three are our emotions that are all about integration and expressing the beauty between these two extremes. And how do we know this? Is that Kabbalistically, each of the sefirot are connected to a limb of the body. Mm. Chesed is connected to the right arm. gavor is connected to the left arm. And Tiferet is connected to the torso, to the heart. Neither one side can exist independently, mm. but that you really need to come into both. And that takes a tremendous amount Of empathy, I think something that's so beautiful about Tiferet that's really different from Chesed and Givora is that Chesed and Givora is very inner world oriented, meaning it's about, it's usually like I lean towards being a Chesed person or I lean towards being a Givora person. And we have these natural dispositions of where we are and who we are. And so it's really about what I want to give and how I want to control. Hmm. But when we come into t it's really about how we identify what the need of other is. It's hmm. not about self anymore. We're moving into what is the need of this current situation? Interesting. How can I meet the need of the person in front of me? How can I meet the need of the experience right now?
0: Wow. So it's like a flexibility. It, like, is a superpower. It is a superpower. <laughs> exactly.
2: Because it's you have to be able to transcend yourself, dissolve a sense of, like, what you think it should be. It's kind of like, have you ever received a gift from somebody and you're like, yeah, that's really what you wanted to give me, but yeah. it had nothing to do with me? <laughs> yes, I have. Right? So T-Farrett is about really being able to see the person and saying, what does Kylie—what's What's going to make her— Really excited. What's going to spark joy for her? Let me get into her head. Let me think about what's best for her. That takes a tremendous amount of dissolving of your own ego and what you think needs to happen. So the high point here is, yes, we either lean into chesed or we lean into our gavur. And both are needed and necessary. We talked about how they are so important to find flow and then to create the parameters But then it's being present, finding that
0: compassion, finding that empathy. It's kind of like once you've established the first two things for yourself, then you can start thinking about other people. So when it comes to chesed, the first week, I focused more on my own self-compassion, which I think makes sense because if I have compassion for myself, if I kind of like nourish myself, then come week three— I have a kind of stable center to be able to then look to other people. Totally. Which I think is not how we think about compassion or loving kindness because the focus is so on what are we doing for others. But I think what Sphere is teaching us is that you have to focus on yourself first. Kind of like you put your oxygen mask on first before you put on somebody else. And then you practice restraint within yourself and then you're able to go outwards and focus on other people.
2: Yeah, and, and Tiferet is really about the negotiation between two parties. Mm-hmm. But it's a win-win situation. It's I win and you win. It's never like it's just you and I forget about myself. It's being able to identify what is my strength in this situation? What can I offer? But also being able to assess what does this person need? I see.
0: Okay. So it's like it's an inner, it's like this inner trait to meet the things outside of you. Yes. I'm getting it. Okay. This is a harder one. I don't know. This is a harder one to wrap my mind around for some reason. Totally. Those center ones is like,
2: this is where it becomes a little more practical and how do we actually bring all this to the world around us?
0: What does that look like at a, God level? That's a really big question. But just if you're imagining examples from the Bible, from the Torah, or from things, like, what does that look like at a God level?
2: Yeah, that's beautiful. Actually, when we think about our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they actually represent Chesed, Kivorah, and Tiferet. Mm -hmm. So Jacob is the epitome of Tiferet, of this balance and truth. And so he really becomes the ultimate forefather because he then births the 12 tribes. We come from that energy. It's all about coming into that balance and that harmony.
0: What I think is really interesting about that also is that Jacob was the one who struggled the most. Mm. He was the one who literally fought an angel. He was the one who had to earn the birthright from his brother. He had to go through the most struggle to get to the point where he became the forefather of Israel. And so it sounds like there are struggles and there are things you have to go through in order to reach that balance point.
2: It's true. Yaakov did go through so much. And you see that each situation that he was met with, as much as it was about him, he was thinking about the Kalal. He was thinking about everyone. Mm -hmm. What's going to be best for my people? And that's the hallmark of a true leader. It's like, what can I bring? But how can I bring out the greatness that already exists right here?
0: So this is the application week. This is the week where we're like going out and really doing and meeting the needs of situations. Yes. That's a really big task. (laughs) That's a really big task. It is. It is. And it's an ongoing
2: journey. So if you don't figure it out in these 49 days, you have an entire lifetime, hopefully, to get it
0: right. (laughs) Great. I can't wait. My favorite thing from my conversation with Dossie was this idea that Tiferet is about meeting the needs of whatever's in front of you. Whether it's a person, a piece of work, or an experience, Tiferet is a trait that allows for flexibility. She said it best. You dissolve the ego and let go of what you think needs to happen and meet the need of the moment at hand. It's about cultivating trust and believing that you'll show up exactly how you need to in any given situation. Tomorrow, I'm turning to an American literary treasure To understand what T. Ferret is not, in order to better understand what it is. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Tuesday. Hey, it's Kylie and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Just like every Tuesday, this week I am reading something to help me understand this week's attribute of Tiferet. Tiferet is about balance and harmony. But for this week's reading, I'm going to read about imbalance to better understand balance. In The Bell Jar, Sylvia Plath tells the story of Esther, a college girl struggling with her identity and societal norms. In this particular excerpt, Esther struggles under the weight of having too many options in life. I saw my life branching out before me like the green fig tree in the story. From the tip of every branch, like a fat purple fig, a wonderful future beckoned and winked. One fig was a husband and a happy home and children, and another fig was a famous poet And another fig was a brilliant professor. And another fig was E.G., the amazing editor. And another fig was Europe and Africa and South America. And another fig was Constantine and Socrates and Attila and a pack of other lovers with queer names and offbeat professions. And another fig was an Olympic lady crew champion. And beyond and above these figs were many more figs I couldn't quite make out. I saw myself sitting in the crotch of this fig tree, starving to death just because I couldn't make up my mind which of the figs I would choose. I wanted each and every one of them, but choosing one meant losing all the rest. And as I sat there, unable to decide, the figs began to wrinkle and go black. And one by one, they plopped to the ground at my feet. I struggle with balance and decision-making. A lot of this has to do with a lack of trust and also, going back to week one, a missing voice of self-compassion in my head. Now, my struggle with balance isn't entirely based on something I'm missing within me. I am lucky enough to have a lot of things on my plate. I also, God willing, have a very long life ahead of me and a lot of options for what my life can look like. But what Tiferet tells us is that the choices we have to make aren't so black and white. It's not picking one life path and going down it. It's taking all of the things that we can do and making them a part of ourselves. When we integrate these different talents, abilities, and lifestyles, we have the ability to meet the moment with what is needed. I don't necessarily have to choose one thing but the work is figuring out how to hold all the figs in one basket and decide when one comes out and when one stays in. It's worth noting something that Plath writes a page and a half later about a revelation that Esther has over dinner. I don't know what I ate, but I felt immensely better after the first mouthful. It occurred to me that my vision of the fig tree and all the fat figs that withered and fell to the earth might well have arisen from the profound void of an empty stomach. I love the ending of this because it's true. Sometimes when it feels like you're at an impasse in life, you're actually just hungry or tired. Once you eat a snack or take a nap, that looming thing seems much smaller. I think most of life is about figuring out whether there's actually a problem or whether you're just tired. Stay tuned for tomorrow when I try to actually bring balance to my life. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Wednesday. Hi, I'm Kylie, and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. For the last two weeks, I've done something to help me gain a new skill. Whether it was self-compassion or discipline, I've tried to work on something in my life. In this week of Tiferet, which is balance and harmony, I'm doing something different. This week, I'm learning to exercise flexibility and meet the needs of the moment as I set out to be disciplined about my day and knock off my daily to-do list items. I love making lists when they're manageable. I hate making lists when they're not manageable. So what I feel like I have on my plate for this week feels totally unmanageable, and so I don't want to do it. I think I also have some fear of putting everything down onto a list, because then I'm going to see what I'm not doing. But that does not matter. What I need to do today is make a list and bring in the self-compassion Okay, so far, I need to make a Facebook event for comedy show on May 1st. I have a lot of things to do today, and I'm worried work on a draft already because I feel it, and I want to hide what I to have to show, and face it. Record, oh, it's right. all i about the things that I didn't do, like I didn't do for podcasting yesterday, and I was really emotional last night. publishing in a book, pay my rent, pay my credit card bill. So with a list of things out, I'm now sitting down to eat lunch and feeling some guilt over what I'm not doing. But I also want to just enjoy my lunch. No, you know what? This is email time. I'm going to do two things at once. It's all about just knocking out a little bit to feel like I make a lot of progress. Let's see how I feel. This was not as bad as I thought it would be. I always dread my email. I put so much pressure on myself when what's needed of me is so much less than I expect or think. Whoa. I should add breathing to the list. Wow. Knocking them out. I say knocking them out. Ba, ba, ba. So we did respond to all my emails. Beautiful. It's another little thing I can do while I'm sitting here. Oh my god, more to add to the list. Just as I go, the list gets a little longer. What? I think I did it. Did I get all my text messages done too? Woo! Facebook event made dog fed It's almost like I don't think things are going to go well. Like, I, like, I'm scared I'm going to mess up or something. This is a really good opportunity to learn to take pressure off and really trust myself. Uh, Kylie, you're doing fine. You're doing okay. It's okay. After knocking off a bunch of things for my to-do list at home... I decided it was time for a change of scenery. So I went to do some work over a cup of coffee. While I was sitting at the coffee shop, I broke some of my big tasks down into little bits, started to take care of them, and after about a half an hour, I began to feel emotions bubbling up in my body and a massive sense of pressure growing. In that moment, it felt like I had a decision to make. Keep plugging away and ignore the feelings or test my ferret growth and meet the need of the moment. That was hard, mostly because letting go of what I want to happen or what I think should happen and giving in to what really needs to happen means taking a risk. Maybe I'll regret not following the plan. It's easy to feel a sense of strength when you're in control, but it's harder to guarantee that you'll feel that when you let go of control. However, in that moment, letting go of my sense of what should happen was strangely empowering. It meant that I believed in myself and trusted that my inclination to deviate from the plan was, in fact, the right move. So I'm changing course a little bit. I'm figuring out ways to do this a little bit more easily or in a way that feels easier to me. And so I've actually taken some things off of my list because there's a whole week and today is just today and I have time to do the things that I need to do. Things feel really a lot more manageable. It's it is that blank page is getting everything out and seeing the list of all of the things. Then once you start taking care of small things, they just kind of dwindle off. And then even the big things, you break up. And I feel I feel looser. I feel less taut. Too ferret zone. Too ferret zone. It's weird. I was really confused about what T-Ferret would look like in practice, but what I ended up finding was that in setting out to accomplish tasks, my growth didn't come solely from finishing my tasks or letting myself off the hook. The growth came from a delicate balance of both. I exercised T-Ferret by meeting the moment. I did what I needed to do, I finished my emails, and answered all my texts, and got started on my papers, but when it felt like the moment needed something different, I did that instead. I had things to do, but when I was sitting at a coffee shop all of these emotions started to come up and what I really needed to do was stop and journal for a while. Giving myself that space to do something different from what I set out to do felt like true control and balance. Join me tomorrow when I talk to someone that makes a living off of embodying balance and harmony. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul.
1: Thursday.
0: Hey, it's Kylie, and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. This week, I'm talking to New York City ballet soloist Claire Kretschmar, who embodies tiferet, the divine attribute of balance and harmony. Ballet is the epitome of a disciplined art form. But at the same time, there is a lot of room for artistic expression and freedom. The greatest dancers are not the ones who execute steps perfectly. They're the ones who balance the pursuit of technical perfection with the freedom that artistry requires. Ballet, to me, is the epitome of tiferet. It's built on the self-expansiveness of chesed and the discipline and restraint of gevurah to create this perfect art form that allows the dancer to show up to every performance in a uniquely individual way. Claire is a really special dancer who I am always excited to watch, and I can't wait to see what she has to say about T-Ferret. Hi, Claire. Hi, Kylie. I think you are the first not-Jewish person who I've spoken to for this podcast So I'm really excited about this because this podcast is distinctly Jewish for a very small part of the Jewish calendar, but big in length. It's this 49-day period where we count between Passover and the holiday of Shavuot. And every week, there's a different attribute of God. And so I'm focusing on a different trait every week. And this week, it's the trait of Tiferet, which is Beauty and Harmony. And it's the harmony that comes from when love and inner expansiveness meets discipline and the harmony that comes from that. And I couldn't think of anything better than ballet to meet that and like embody it because you train your whole life as a ballet dancer. And so I'm so excited to talk to you about this. And I think my first question is, why ballet? Well, honestly,
1: it was something that my parents put me into when I was young. But as I got older... It was something that I consciously chose. I spent more time in my high school years focusing on ballet over other arts and sports. And it has the athleticism of sports, but then it has the beauty of art. Those two things were really suitable to to my whole being, like my body and my, my soul. So... It was for those two reasons, the rigor, the discipline, the working hard towards something, plus the beauty of the thing you were working towards.
0: And I think what is unique about ballet and why I think it it really embodies the harmony or the balance and that attribute of God and that attribute also in ourselves is because discipline is such a core part of it, right? Like you start your day working on the basics that never changes. Yes. At the same time, you have to match that with a a love for it because you're doing the same thing over and over again. But the best dancers, I think also meet the moment you train and you learn all these things and you know, it's in your body when you're performing. Do you feel like you have to forget what you've learned a little bit and just kind of show up?
1: You have to let go of all of the details that you've been working on because if you are consumed by the details in a performance then you can also like lose the the grandeur of the whole thing with that said like in a particular ballet there are moments when you're on stage where I know for me personally I do have to be really attentive to like a certain muscle Or a certain thought, oh, I need to push really into my my left toe, Mm. my big toe on my left foot at this moment so that I can balance longer. So there, there are moments where you have to remember little details. But to summarize, you do have to let go. But I will say that comes from spending so much time and care with the details prior to the show when you get to the performance hopefully you feel confident in letting go because you know that you've ironed out all of these details prior to getting to the stage or most of the details anyway
0: so you've practiced a lot and then you trust that whatever comes out in a particular moment you can meet that need you can do that do you feel like every performance that you give is different does it feel different to you even if you're performing the same thing maybe multiple times a week?
1: A hundred percent. Every show feels different for for so many reasons. Sometimes my body feels really limber and healthy and strong. And then other days I feel a little tired and maybe my calf is hurting or I didn't sleep super well the night before. So the, the way my body Is prepared for the show affects how the show feels. The state of my soul Mm. impacts how a show goes and how it feels as well. If I have experienced like God's love in a very joyful way on a given day, in, in maybe meeting some friends and having a really nice fruitful coffee date or sometimes if my parents come to town I'm like oh this is awesome I love dancing so much and the show feels good because my heart is in a place where I have a lot of joy and confidence um, and trust but then on other days when I'm kind of fighting a little bit It can go one of two ways. It can be like a release. The show feels like a release, like whatever I have pent up is able to be expressed in the dance. Or it can feel like I'm just going through the motions and barely getting by because I already feel like I'm in a bit of a well. Every show is so different. Every rehearsal is different. And then one other thought it relates to all of this stuff too that i think is relevant is that one of our prominent dancers from years ago her name is Suzanne Farrell she said you rehearse options in rehearsal you just rehearse options for the show you don't you want to do the steps of course but you rehearse options so that when you get out to the stage you're like oh i have done this quite a number of different ways and we'll see like which option naturally comes out So that's been really helpful for me to think about in the recent years, especially as I revisit some roles as a more senior dancer and just an older person.
0: I love that so much. I get very focused, very pinpoint oriented when it comes to thinking about how to show up for certain things and what I'm doing versus what I'm not doing and what I should be doing. You're giving me such a gift. You're giving me this broader context to think about things. It's not just, you can do all of the work that you that you need to do and that you know that you need to do. But at the end of the day, there are things outside of your control that are still going to come into play and affect how you show up for that work or what that work feels like when you're doing it. And then also nothing's set in stone. And I, I can be a very black and white thinker. I can be a catastrophic thinker. Like I can be the person who will rush to one side versus another. And I love that Suzanne Farrell quote, that idea that There are so many options for how you show up and how things are and the practicing that you do. And I think that's applicable to all of life. I'm also curious to hear more about the role that God plays in your dancing and in your life. Yeah, I've always had
1: a strong faith in God. It's definitely deepened over the past almost 12 years that I've been a professional ballet dancer. Something that clicked with me in recent years years though has been this idea of every time I show up to the studio to do anything that requires that discipline in order to serve the art form of ballet, whether that be like little toe exercises or Pilates or an actual ballet class or a rehearsal, I I say a prayer before and I usually ask God to either to care for someone in my life in a very specific way. And I s- offer that work, that discipline and that prayer for that person. And, or I ask God for some kind of clarity or peace or need that I need to. When I'm in the studio, I do the sign of the cross. Then I, I just am quiet for a little bit. And I think, God, who, who do you want me to bless right now with this work, even though I'm distant from this person physically? Who, who can I benefit? What cause can I help or orient my work towards? Because it is like in doing that, it not only elevates the work, but it also gives me a clearer reason to do the same thing every day.
0: Wow, I feel so inspired right now. (laughs) It's actually a theme that somebody two weeks ago that Cheryl Paul, what she talked about was serving. How am I serving? How am I showing up to serve with whatever you're doing? And it's that way of taking what you're doing. And I think this applies whether somebody's a person of faith, believes in God or not. How am I doing what I'm doing for somebody else? How is what I'm doing serving the world or serving people I care about, serving my community? And it just gives it that bigger picture, that context. And what you have given me is the sense that this blending, this harmony and balance that comes from discipline and love and the beauty that comes from that it has to be outward focused. And I, I heard that. I learned that at the beginning of the week, but now I'm really seeing it in practice because you can't, you, can't, you can't blend things and still be focused on yourself. It just doesn't apply in the same way. It has to meet the needs of the moment to really be given full expression. Yes. Does ballet feel like
1: discipline to you or does it feel like something more? It feels like discipline and something more. I think the something more comes from viewing it as as an art. The discipline I do in service of the art form and to welcome audience members in to the beauty of the ballet and in that way it's not only something harmonious that I can feel especially on a good day it's sometimes hard on a rough day but like it's not only something harmonious that I can feel and be a part of but then it's something that's like a harmony that the audience members whoever witnesses it can tap into as well and in that way it's it's so full this the discipline of ballet and the art because it isn't just about me even though i have to spend a lot of quality time ironing out the little details in my body and in the work but yes it's something that so many people can be a part of and be inspired by and uplifted by and feel nurtured and healed even so yes <laughs> it's a little of both discipline and something more
0: yeah Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Claire. This has been a real gift and something that I am going to be thinking about for a long time, definitely for the rest of the week. But you've really illuminated harmony for me. You've illuminated tea ferret for me, this quality of tea ferret. And I'm really grateful.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. I can't think of a better way to begin wrapping up a week on balance. For Claire, harmony is when her discipline acts in service of something larger than the task at hand, which is something that I want to take into my life. Harmony is what happens when your actions serve something bigger than yourself, which doesn't necessarily have to mean God. It can mean a lot of different things. I'll reflect more on this and the rest of my week tomorrow. And until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul.
1: Friday.
0: Hey, it's Kylie, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. We have reached the end of a very confusing week for me. T-Ferret is about balance and trust and harmony— and the practical application of that isn't something that I immediately understood. Dasi taught me that Tiferet is about flexibility and meeting the needs of a situation. But because that looks so different for every situation, it's not easy to fit into a box the way that something like Chesed or Gvura are. But there's something about talking to people living these attributes that brings them to life in ways I could not get to on my own. Talking to Claire about ballet brought Tiferet to life for me in ways I could not have imagined when I set out to finish my to-do list. What she had to say about harmony was really helpful, however, it was what she said about bringing God into her discipline that really struck me. It was also really powerful to hear how her life outside of dance influences her performances. This week of Tiferet felt way bigger than just discipline. I thought harmony was about things feeling good, that harmony can only exist when the sun is shining and things are going right. Sometimes, however, it's cloudy and gray outside, and life doesn't feel as good as it did yesterday when it was sunny. But the thing is, there's harmony in the cloudy day too. Tiferet is about knowing that whether or not you feel great about all the little things that have affected your day, there is still a harmony to it. This actually has me thinking about the Sylvia Plath a little differently. What if I was totally wrong? Maybe Esther, the character in the novel, is not out of balance. Maybe that is her balance, not being able to choose anything. Maybe there's a certain harmony to that just as much as there is balancing all the different roles. Maybe there is no universal way that balance looks, but it's specific to every single person. My mind is blown. Claire talked about dance as a means of healing, bringing joy and connecting, using every part of her soul and body. It's incredible because she's training these little muscles that you didn't know existed if you're not a dancer, and she does it day in and day out because it serves something. She's able to see her work in a bigger context, which is the perfect preparation for next week's attribute of Netzach, which means endurance, perseverance, and victory. Hmm, that should be fun to work on. That's it for 49 Days to Stretch My Soul this week. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get the daily version. 49 Days to Stretch My Soul is a production of Tablet Studios. The show is hosted by me, Kylie Unell, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Josh Cross, Quinn Waller, Robert Scarmuccia, and Sara Fredman-Ader. Our team includes Stephanie Butnick, Leah Leibovitz, Mark Oppenheimer, and Tanya Singer. Please go rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people discover the show. For more of me, you can follow at Kylie Unel on Instagram, for more information about this or any other of Tablet's podcasts, visit tabletmag.com/podcasts.